We doing the mic check? No, we can't do the mic check. Hello, everyone. We're not going to do the mic check tonight. We ain't got paint. But she behind the scene. But listen. So, welcome to another week of Way to Get a Minute. We have the pleasure of having Stephanie Church with us. And she funny already. So, we're going to enjoy her. She's going to tell her story. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Because can't nobody tell Stephanie's story like herself. So, Stephanie, could you start off by sharing with our viewers and everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, um, my name is Stephanie, of course. I'm 29 years old. I'm originally from Portsmouth, Virginia. I'm the owner and CEO of two businesses at this time. Um, the goal is to have at least five. Um, and, I don't know, I got have hobbies. I like to dance. Um, I write poetry. My business is Cardi & Co. It's a hair and fashion and beauty collection. Um, we cater to women, men, and children as well. Um, that's basically that's a little bit about me. Okay, so that was the good stuff. Can you share with our viewers some of the bad things? What actually led you to do all this positive stuff you have going on? Okay, so yeah, so basically I am one of those people, you know, that um, had a past. Um, I'm a convicted felon. I'm about, probably about 14 times convicted felon now. 14? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 14. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, what in the world? <laughs> Stephanie! Oh, wait a minute. That was a shocker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know. Looks can be what caused all that, though? So, um, I just had a very violent past. I'm a person with a lot of violence, um, a lot of anger in me. So, I used to do a lot of fighting. Um, I just came home from prison last year, September 23rd. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a little bit over a year home now. Okay. So, yeah. I just, you know, I get in a lot of fights. I was very violent. You know, I had that anger from some things that happened to me in the past that I was holding on to. Okay. So, I didn't know how to speak on it or I didn't know how to deal with it. So, I just dealt with mine, you know, in an angry matter. So, you actually fought? Yeah, I did a lot of fighting. So, what's some of the things that actually led led to the fight? What's some things that happened to you? Do you mind sharing that? No, I'm, I don't mind at all. Okay. I don't like disrespect. And okay. I just always felt the need to establish my presence in front of whomever it was that I was in front of because I just had this guard up. Mm -hmm. I was very protective of myself and those who I love as well. So when it comes to me fighting, it's usually because a lot of times it's not really my battles, but it's my battles because it's people that I love and care about genuinely. Mm -hmm. And I'm real big on the respect aspect of life. I just don't like to be disrespected. So anytime I feel like I'm being tried or disrespect or anything like that, I just was always um, reacting. Why are you so angry? Because, I mean, I thought you were going to fight shit around when you got here. <laughs> yeah. I know somebody. And then she found out I was a CEO and went to the left. But, um, oh gosh, baby girl, we need to grow up. I want <laughs> I need to do what I want with you. <laughs> but we could be best to that tonight. But for real, why you was so angry, though? That, like, was you picked on as a child? Was you bald head? So, like, what, what did you say bald head? Bald head. Bald head. I mean, <laughs> the bang. You were bang. The bang. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, for real, what caused so, you to be so angry? My anger really came from the fact that um, my mother was murdered oh, when wow. I was nine years old. And oh, wow. my mom murder, I think, is what initially I'm sure. led to a lot of anger mm -hmm. and the fact that I felt like I needed to protect myself um, by any means necessary. You know, oh, and I think the fact that she was murdered and brutally um, disposed, like oh, she was wow. trash, because they threw her body in the ditch. 
Oh, wow. um, I think that that just gave me a whole different type of anger and it made me feel as oh, though, sure. you know, in order for somebody to get that close to her, no matter what her lifestyle habits was, because she was an addict. And oh, a lot of times that's what the detectives use, you know, well, she's an addict and her killer's still out she here. She still deserves it. She still yeah. deserves some type of justice and she still didn't. Nobody deserves to die that way, you know? Right. And I think that I knew in my heart that it had to be somebody that was close to her, somebody that she once knew or trusted, you know? And just, just the way I felt like they just did her dirty, you know, mm-hmm. throwing her body in the ditch and the fact that a jogger found her body, you know. And just recently I actually went to the scene. I had never been to the scene in my life, but I always wanted to go, but I was just scared of the triggers that it may cause, you know, me mm-hmm. and where I'm at in life right now. I didn't want to go to the scene, but I did recently go to the scene two weeks ago. For I felt like it would give me closure. I felt like it would help me out as far as closing that chapter of anger, you know, because I don't want to be angry no more. You know, I'm a business right. owner. I don't want to be known for, you know, what I've been through. I just want to be able to use that, you know, as a story to be able to tell others. But it's, it's still a struggle, though. So let me ask you. I, I'm sure that would make anybody angry. So right. once that happened, right. did you go from family member house to family member house? Did you go with grandparents? So when my mother passed away, um, because she was battling a crack addiction anyway, mm-hmm. um, at two years old, I was already in my grandmother's care. Okay. Um, and in my grandmother's care, even though my grandmother was a great woman, I never, I would never discredit her for that. Um, some things did take place inside the home that I didn't really speak on in life mm-hmm. um, out of fear what the family mm-hmm. may feel or what the family may you know, how they would react to me finally speaking on some things that took place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to my grandmother after that, and I stayed with my grandmother um, until my grandmother passed away of cancer. So wow. that's where, okay. that's where okay. I was at. Okay. So you said that you, some things went on. You went to your grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. So when you went to your grandmother's house, I'm sorry, can you guys hear me? A little, okay. A little, a little deeper. <laughs> a little loud. Okay, so when you went to your grandmother's house mm-hmm. and you said things went on there, so did that also, your mother passing and then what went on in your grandmother's house, did all of that, you think all of that collectively kind of like mm-hmm. built up the anger? Yeah. So then you not being able to, you know, know how to handle that anger mm-hmm. or know where to place the anger. Mm-hmm. So that's why you was doing the fighting and everything, you was misplacing your anger. I definitely was misplacing my anger. If that's, I really want. I really don't like when people say misplacing the anger because I'm not. It wasn't that I was misplacing the anger. I was mm-hmm. simply displaying the anger where I felt like the anger belonged. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't consider it as misplacing it um, because at that time I wasn't even aware that it was even even wrong. I was just simply protecting myself. Okay. So to me, that wasn't a misplace. That mm-hmm. was simply establishing what I felt like I needed to establish as far as protection of myself, but men, um, because of what happened in my grandmother's home, being molested Mm -hmm. uh, by my grandfather, who was very aggressive in in his ways of life, and he was very aggressive in how he dealt with me and my other two brothers that was in the home at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that may have gave me some anger towards males, but not really... What can I say? It, 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 it messed, messed me up, up. Right. but it also made me think that maybe that type of attention from males was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of made me steer back and forth as far as my promiscuous ways that took place then 
and thinking that, you know, men would always look at you that way right. or men, um, you was more of a sex toy than anything to a man. And that's kind of what I thought. So I used to mm -hmm. pride myself on thinking that these were things that was needed. You know what I, you know what I mean? Did you report him? Um, I never spoke. I never spoke on what happened with, in that yeah. home. I never spoke on it. Um, I did eventually tell my aunt about it later on in life, but I think that it was more of a brush over type of situation. It was never really dealt with. It was more of a it kind of swept under the rug, and oh, I wow. think that it was. was I think my father? family thought I was dishonest. So was it her father, your aunt father? No, that was okay. my grandmother's husband, who she married into the family. Oh, the family. so yeah. she married wow. into the family. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. How old were you, if you can remember, when the molestation started? Um. So I'm gonna say because I remember my surprise birthday party was at ten years old. So I'm gonna say around those times, about 10, 10, 11. Okay. He's still okay. living? I don't know. I really don't know, but I do okay. believe, because I actually asked questions. I actually asked that question not too long ago, and I was told that he was still living. Okay, so you said your mother was um, murdered at the, when you was nine years old. Mm -hmm. So 20 years later, they still it haven't been solved? <clears throat> it's still, it's an unsolved murder. Mm -hmm. mm. So have you had received any counseling um, as a child, or did you find counseling when you got older? So they put me in a lot of therapy throughout my life. I've been okay. in a lot of therapy. Um, I didn't really pay attention to therapy. Me, personally, I was angry towards therapy, so I didn't really think they... I don't like to be told, you know, I understand, or, you know, I feel your pain, because that's really not true if you've never been through what I've been through. And I, I seem to think that that's like something that people just say off of comfort, you know, like, I understand your pain. I know what you've been through, but you really don't if you've never been through what I've been because through. Because you I was catching that, me. You were catching from Yeah. Uh, even though you was with your grandparents mm -hmm. at two, you still had a relationship with your mom when that happened, right? Right. I still, mm -hmm. I didn't really have a relationship with my mom. My okay. mom was actually not allowed to come around, I was always told oh, wow. not to open the door if she comes or anything. I think that my family thought that was a way of protecting us from her because and her addict situation, her addiction. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. So bring us up from the age of nine mm -hmm. when it first started with your mom. So mm -hmm. from nine up until now, when you when you got at two years old, I was taking I was um, taking right. my grandma. Well, the, but your mother was murdered when you was nine, right? Mm -hmm. And I seen her the day before. Wow. Right, so from that point to now, mm -hmm. tell us the story in between all of that. From when that happened, you saw your mother the mm -hmm. day before. Mm -hmm. Was anything off? Did anything feel different? Yeah. Was it? Did you have fun with her that day? So, and this, I actually look up when I talk about this, and it's not. It's it's because I can actually. It feels like I'm I'm back there. I do recall all the activities that took place that day. I even recall. <laughs> The van that we was in, the color of the van, the man that drove us around, but he didn't speak. He didn't say nothing. Yeah. No, he never talked and nothing. He was just quiet, real quiet. I remember that. We was in Truxton then. It was a house that was in Truxton um, that we used to go to a lot of times with her. And she never got high in front of me. She never got high in front of none of my siblings. She would always do it, you know, behind the scenes. But this particular day, I have seen her get beat on that day. Oh, wow. 
I do remember one person that beat on her that day. I can I remember his name and everything, but to my knowledge, he was investigated, but he was cleared. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that day like it was yesterday, and I remember the you know the van. I remember we went to Jeepers that was in Met Arthur Mall at the time. Yeah, y'all remember, mm-hmm. that? I remember that? Yeah, it was Met Arthur. It's not there. It's not there anymore. The mall is, right. but Jeepers is not in the mall anymore. I remember mm-hmm. she took us to Jeepers, but she was really like a mother that day. You know, so- she was herself. Right, so who allowed you to go? Did you sneak out with No, your mom? she grabbed oh, yeah. us. We opened the door that day. Gotcha. Like I said, don't open the door. You, and she comes to the door. Because you love for her. Yeah, it's yeah, still right. my mom, you know, and that's still my so favorite person. So she grabbed person. out for the day? Yeah, she took us for the day. Me and my brother Tony oh. went with her that day. We went to Jeepers. Okay. And, I, and I remember, I did say I won't cry at the beginning of dinner. It's I remember okay. it was it's a blue okay. and white ride. That we used to go on that blue and right ride used to go mm-hmm. forward and then it goes backwards and I can remember the smile that she gave me that day that smile you know I right. I never forget it that is the last smile I ever seen from her you know because the next day when you found out um, oh so do they it could have been actually longer but I remember you know after that day um, we was having a celebration in Cambridge Manor in Chesapeake Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the celebration was for but me and my family were all together that day and the sheriffs came and knocked on the door and Mm -hmm. you know I remember it was all on the news the grass in the background the ditch and wish her body was found it was Mm -hmm. on the news and you know I remember it you know I was only nine years old and we had one of those old school TVs that sit on the floor uh-huh. but it's got that big screen in the middle and I remember all of us was writing you know rest in peace to my mom and everything like that and I mean it was just a moment that I'll never forget I think I went numb that day and that's when it began mm-hmm. for me the, the, down, the down spiral for me began so do you think because of her addiction they drugged their feet to not actually find out who killed her I de- yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I, I think. That's wrong. Yeah. I just feel like if it was a different situation, a mother of four, three, that went to church and worked hard, I just thought they would have put more yeah, into actually should. finding out. And it's not fair because I'm sure. Have you been on them? Have you been on their ass? Want closure? So every time I come home from jail, prison, or you know, even when I came home from TDH as the kid, I would always go to Chesapeake City Detectives. And as you know, have y'all found anything? They know me by first name. And right, I'm sure. <clears throat> I would always ask them, you know, have you found out anything? You know, we got any details? Um, the detective changes frequently. But right. she don't have right. the same detective. It always changes, like, you know, months to month. It's a new detective. Now, mm-hmm. they got this whole task force that's supposed to be strictly for unsolved cases. But they would always say, you know... I, you know, I want you to know that, you know, your mom and her addiction, she could have came in contact with so many people that it's going to be hard for us to figure it out. Right. You know, who could have murdered her. It's going to be hard for us to try to, you know, put them pieces together. And they would always tell me, don't let that hold you back. Because I think the detectives begin to feel a little bit sorry mm-hmm. uh, for me, I guess, and which I'm not a fan of nobody feeling sorry for me. But I think yeah. they felt sorry and they felt like, they would always, you know, go the extra mile to say, you know, don't let this hold you back. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we we're working, we're working. Right. Okay, so you say recently you went to visit your um, the scene. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on it? How did it make you feel? Did it bring comfort, closure? <clears throat> it didn't bring closure because I'm trying to figure out how somebody was jogging that area because. The way that area is really hard to drive on, and you got to know that area to go to that area. And it was like a whole different part of Chesapeake to me. Mm-hmm. It was like a foreign area. I, I would have never even went over there. So you had to actually work over there in those fields or worked over there in them plants 
to know that area mm-hmm. to be able to dispose our body. It is a lot of ditches over there. It's literally nothing but grass field and ditches over mm-hmm. there. But right. a jogger jogging out there. I went over there at five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I went over yeah. there at three o'clock in the morning. No, I didn't this in the last two weeks okay. because I wanted to know. I wanted to randomly see a jogger jogging. Right. I've yet to see. A jogger jogging and it would be really hard so did it bring me closure no it did exactly what i was afraid that it would do which was bring forth a little bit of a trigger trigger for me and a little bit of anger so so when they um so when you had your experience in the guys or the guy but mm-hmm. you said it is the there was more than one man beating mm-hmm. or fighting your mom that day mm-hmm. there was more than one mm-hmm. did you ever tell anyone like your grandmother or the police or anybody, did you ever tell them that you saw them the last time you was with your mom, these men beating your mom or distract the men or distract the van? I did talk to the detectives about the incidents that took place that day, but I think me being nine years old at the time mm-hmm. was kind of information discredit. You know, they look at you like you're a child. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's her daughter. We can listen to her. I was more treated. I feel like I was treated more like a suspect at nine mm, than somebody yeah. who had information. So I don't. I don't think I was treated like someone who had information. I think I was treated like a suspect at the time. So they real. pretty much brush you off. As well. yeah, it was a brush off. Yeah, it was a brush. So off. So they weren't really doing a whole lot. It seemed like so. Basically, you feel like your mom was murdered and then dumped in. Yeah, she was. She was trans. She wasn't killed where she was, where her body was found. She right. was actually killed somewhere else, but her body was transported to the ditch. So that wipes out the evidence. Wow. And right. it was no bullets, even though she was shot. It was no bullets. It was nothing oh, yeah. to lead them to any type of evidence um, to lead them to any type of, you know, clues of who could have possibly pulled the trigger. Or so did so did your brothers, You do you have a sister or just brothers? It's five of us. I have a little sister and three brothers. So did all of them go with you to your grandmother as well? No, only two, only three of us went. And as me, my brother Marcus, and my brother Tony went to my grandmother while the other two went to my aunt. Okay, so you guys were separated. We were separated, but we really wasn't separated. We literally stayed on the street from each other. So we really wasn't separated. It was more of a, um, my aunt who was mm-hmm. in the military at the time, and she was mm-hmm. fairly young at the time. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any kids of her own. I think it was more of a, she took two and my grandmother took three. So with it being five of us, they didn't want us to go into right. the state. How, how old was your mother? My mother was 29 when she was killed. She was 29? Mm-hmm. She was young. She was young. Yeah. Okay, so you said it did bring back a little anger. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they want to know, how have you managed self-control with anger as an entrepreneur and business owner now from back when you used to get upset and fight? <laughs> right, and what you're saying, you just come home I don't, year. yeah, I did just come home last year from a three-and-a-half-year bid. I don't, I think it just comes with time after you realize that you can be successful mm-hmm. because I'm not one of those people that thought that this was possible to be an entrepreneur or possible to be a mm-hmm. business owner. I never mm-hmm. thought that it was possible to say, you know, I am a CEO entrepreneur. I think once you hit those milestones and those goals, those dreams that you finally reach, it's like you don't want to take the risk of losing no more. So do I still get angry? Mm-hmm. I suffer from mental health issues. I suffer from mental illness. So I see a therapist every Saturday. Okay. I am on psychotic medicines. Mm-hmm. 
So do I deal with the anger? I have things that are helping me along the ways. You know, I am currently still suffering from depression. I think that going to my mom's scene mm-hmm. put me back into depression. So over the last past week, I've had um, suicidal thoughts and things like that. So you just, it's not that you deal with suicide. You, you don't deal with the depression and being a business owner. It's not a separation of the two. You're still mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just that I have a business to run, but it is times where... I'm distracted in business, and there's times where I feel like, you know, dealing with paranoia issues, you don't want to hire nobody, and your business has gotten so mm-hmm. successful that right. it's kind of like a like a shocker sometimes. I still wake up and be like, I really can't believe mm-hmm. I'm a right. business owner. I can't believe my business is successful. I can't believe that I, you know, bring in what I bring in. It's, it's still like a, a dream. Okay. Sometimes it's not really realistic, you know. So, therefore, with that being said, you seem pretty much you experiencing what you're experiencing now is kind of like keeping you there to want to continue to enjoy what you're actually receiving now as far as your business and what you're getting and how your life has changed. But on the flip side of that, being a business owner myself, I can understand the part about although you might be a business owner, mm. you, you, you're grateful for what you have going on. It's like a dream because your business is successful, mm. but when you have depression, that depression still can hit you at any time. Right. But you try to deal with it, but sometimes it can be a distraction from right. what you have going on at work. Right. Because you, your mind is somewhere else, and sometimes mm-hmm. your mind feel overwhelmed because you're trying to maintain your business, you're mm-hmm. trying to stay focused, mm-hmm. but then you're also dealing with what you're dealing with personally. Right. I'm really unapologetic. If I got to mm-hmm. shut my business down today because I'm dealing with mental health, Mm-hmm. Then that, that's just what I'm gonna do. Right. Um, do I take a lot of you know lack from customers? That's what the website for. You know, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny, but that's right. the realistic part about being a business owner. And right. I think a lot of business owners feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. Like you're not about to run up in Macy's and, and right. tell Macy's like you don't even know the owner of Macy's. Okay, right. you, you yeah. don't know. Exactly. So mm-hmm. or her, you know. So you don't know the owners of Cardenco either. You just look at it that way. Can't anybody right. tell you how you feel, right? So let me ask you, um, Stephen, do you have children? I do not. Okay. So what was the three, the the three year be? What did you actually do? Um. So that one is for arson. That that one is for arson. Awesome. Awesome. So yes. so yes. how did you feel? You felt good. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. Oh, shoot. So what happened actually with that situation was <laughs> you still like a boy. You 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 it's okay. Girl. You're not a girl. What happened? What the hell, So that one, <laughs> that one is for arson, and that's a violence. So that charge did have to be amended down from a murder type of arson oh, because it was. That was a situation where I had got jumped before this the arson actually took place. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was just going back for revenge to tell them to come outside, but they didn't really want to come outside. So the thing is, you're going to come outside. <laughs> so you, I know you set the house on fire. You did. Yes, ma'am. You did. Mm-hmm. You put, you got, you got, you got you, hold on. You got gasoline. Mm-hmm. And you just. Oh, you flip like that? Yeah. Wait a game minute. Don't y'all mess with Stephanie Church. They was recording Stephanie me. Stephanie Church needs to go to church. Recording you too. You they did record me. Why? I mean, you, you know, I almost got away with that crime. Actually, so let me ask you. You got a green card. You know how they say some people that 
crazy that can't really bother you. Like you can say, I got a green card. Is I that do true? have the mental. That, that is true. It's not called a green card. What is it called? Because it's just called to simply go to court with your therapist. It's a mental health okay. type of evaluation that I is hate done. her. But <laughs> and no matter that mess with me. <laughs> So it's more of a mental health type of um, situation. I was in psych wars and things like that when I was a kid. So I've been to Riverside. I've been to Keystone. I got put out. Oh, the mental health. Yeah, the mental health facility. Then they sent me all the way to Savannah, Georgia. They did. They sent me to Savannah, Georgia because that's a level five facility. It's called Coastal Harbor Treatment Center. In Savannah, Georgia, the site was in Tidewater basically was just like, you know, we can't deal with her behavior here. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit heavy for us. I'm not sure we have the treatment plan, plan to work for her. So what, so what, what makes you, you take it? We all, we <laughs> want to know. Like, what, what makes you, you go off? Um, they say it's very impossible. And that's one of my. Put a, picture, a fence on your picture or something because you get to go off for me. What is that? And she's gonna get me. Like what what takes you, Stephanie? It's I really can't say. You okay. know, back then it was people used to say crazy stuff, believe it or not, like this is not made up. People would say stuff like, you know, I'll put you where your mom is or that's where your know. mom dead. When people, people find out what your weaknesses is, people mm-hmm. say some mean shit. They, they will. Yeah. The world's very cruel like that. But then when you snap and they wanna They're look at you run. like Wow, you know, you're the cruel one, you're the angry, you know, you're the angry one. But I'm like, she did say, you know, yeah. she was gonna put me in my mama. I just kind of was trying to test the waters to see if she could really oh, do that, you know, like, if he could really do that. So, so did anyone ever like kind of ask you in reference to your anger? Are you mad about what's going on? What happened to your mom? Did anyone ever ask you? That's always the question. Mm-hmm. It's not that they didn't think that that was the mm-hmm. actual um, foundation to the anger. And the other things were just, you know, things that just build up. But they knew that your mom's death, it was me who didn't acknowledge that it was my mom's death that was making me angry. It was me who didn't acknowledge that. I never wanted to use that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. You know, I just simply wanted y'all to work and find out who did it. I wanted to have a conversation. It was like a dream. One of my dreams wasn't to grow up to be successful. My dream wasn't to grow up to be a business owner. My dream was to, for real, for real, I just want to have a conversation with the person who killed my mom. I wanted to have a conversation with, you know, that was my dream. I just wanted to know, like, what did she do to make you, you know what I mean, do it so dirty like that? I wanted to know, you know, I just wanted to talk to him or her. Um, so if you, you know, was to see him or her right now, you pretty much want to question them about why. I think you want to set it on fire, but go ahead. Right. Man, she a child. I am not child. I mean, it was girl jumped me. You said the house on fire. Because they did me dirty though. They knocked me out. And is your mama dirty? I believe you want to set it on. What would you say? To I the would say, um, uh, honestly, because I'm very, very real, very thorough. I'm not. I'm not sure. I thought I wrote out a conversation. I wrote out a letter to my mom's murder. Um, You know, I thought I would, you know, I thought I would basically, you know, just simply, I just wanted to know, you know what I'm saying? Like, why you felt like she didn't deserve to live or, you know, it couldn't, it couldn't have been over anything more than some drugs, maybe, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, she was, you know, a real lovable person. She was a fighter, too, you know. People used to get her to fight people and stuff like that, but that was never what got her, you know, killed beforehand. So I just want to ask her or him, you know, what it was that she did that made you that angry, mm-hmm. right. you know, where you felt like you had to shoot her in the back. You know what I'm saying? You shot her in the head, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you really executed her, wow. you know. Wow. So to execute a woman like that i i you know and she was tall but she was small mm-hmm. you know i just want to know what why you felt like shane her kids didn't deserve a mom right. right or why you felt like you should i mean at the end of the day i'm gonna ask why you feel like you should still be walking why right. you feel like i shouldn't you know take you from the very things that you, you took my mama from mm-hmm. so i'm not saying i'm strong enough to meet them for, for real i'm not right. saying that i won't um, setting them on fire. I'm just saying that I would, you know, I would ask my questions that I would ask first, but I I get visions on what it would probably be like mm-hmm. for real. Okay, so we have a lady that's asking, what is your mother's name? She said, Chesapeake police have decks of cards that they give and to inmates on. to try and help solve cold cases. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had her on the I got into cards? a whole fight. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got into a whole fight behind that deck of cards. She is on them deck of cards. Um, Cassandra Church is on those deck of cards. What's a deck of cards? So it's a deck of cards that got unsolved mysteries of all the people that, you know, have been murdered. Okay. And they got a deck of cards. And they put them in the jails. I don't understand that. Oh, she's you know, talk. Yeah. So to see if somebody going to talk in the jails. Yes, she is on those deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And I did talk to someone a couple years ago when I was actually the last time I got the least, the, the closest clue was in the regional. And I was in red then, and I had came out for wreck. Mm-hmm. And because um, I was in lockdown, and I was in red, and I came out for wreck. And I had seen this girl, her name was Pooh. And um, I know she told me she was from Norfolk. I've been searching for Pooh for years because Pooh told me she was actually with her the day that she got killed. And Pooh went home the next day. Wow. Oh, wow. So Pooh went home the next day. So I ain't, I've been oh, looking for so Pooh, though. So if anybody knows Pooh from Norfolk, I've been trying to find her. Okay. Oh, so she knew your mama was hanging with your mom that yeah. day, but she didn't tell you what happened. She said that we were supposed to meet at wreck the next day. She said that, you know, she was with my mom that day that that situation happened. She was just like, you know, she admitted that she also was an addict. And she yeah. was just like, you know, your mom was really cool. Nobody, you know, mess with your mama. Don't nobody mess with your mamas. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, somebody did. You know, right. somebody yeah. felt bad enough to be able to. Excuse me, mess with her because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they did. But I mean, too. I guess they did do it away. You know, they used the gun, so it is what it is. So, is your siblings, are y'all close? Are they helping you look for these clues? So, everybody deal with things differently. Right. Okay. Um, they do not. I don't even talk to nobody when I go out. When I went to the scene, I was literally by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell um, too many people that I was going. I did speak to a couple of people um before i told them like you know i just keep getting these messages from the universe to go to the scene you know i'm not sure if, if it's safe enough for me to do that um the only thing like i got in the ditch you know i got in the ditch where mm-hmm. they claimed she was i mean it became an obsession an so obsession you know what clues you gonna what, what was you trying to fear in the ditch I'm not sure what I was the trying universe. to fear because it's, yeah. it's 20 you years later it's 20 years later you know I just thought that 
I believe that the universe speaks. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I know people you. play with it these days, you. but that's been my thing. And I just feel like, you know, spirit speaks, the universe speaks. And I, I kept, I went to her grave first before going to the scene, mm-hmm. you know, and I just said, you know what, mom, whatever it is, you know, let me know what's up. You know, let me know what I need to do. Getting in the ditch mm-hmm. um, for me was more of a, more of a, uh, uh, wow. um, it probably was a mental type of like you want to get wow. clues, yeah. the feeling, the divorces. You want to gonna be led. I by was the just universe. trying to get the presence of whatever right. it was that mm-hmm. I needed to know. But I was just led back to one person whom I did mention mm-hmm. to the detectives. But you know, I went back to the house where I know he stayed at, mm-hmm. and Is everything. He still there? You know, I don't know if he's still there because actually I seen a whole another family come out. This is actually the first time on record that I actually admitted this. Um, but I did call my aunt and told her I went to the scene. But she was just like, you're not about to bring up no memories. Um, mm-hmm. So I just did with everything myself. I never told my brothers and sisters that I went to the scene or that I was conduct basically conducting an investigation Your on my own. investigation. So yeah. nobody in the family wants to really talk about it or bring it up. They want to, like, just put it to the side and let the police handle it. Yeah, because it could get dangerous when you it got can. somebody out there that, you mm-hmm. know, can, you know, did you a murder the they way they around. did. We don't know if they watching us, you know. Right. They, them people, my family has family, you know, they don't, you know. So no. your siblings, they don't, did they react the way you reacted or? I do got one sibling that's, I feel like if I was a male, I'd be him. Gotcha. But the other siblings, they just deal with things differently. Yeah. I think we all deal with it. I think we all deal with depression and, you know, okay. things that we all deal with it. But we just deal with it in different ways. Yeah, I don't play by them. Close. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, we appreciate you coming okay. here sharing your story with us because I know it has to be hard. Mm-hmm. It has to be hard to tell, especially when you're not really sure of all the details of being so young. Mm-hmm. And then not even knowing if the person is still out there. Right. It could have been someone you could have ran into last week. Mm-hmm. Or that you could have saw them riding past out there while you was riding past out there. They could have been riding past too. That's, that's I think goal. is the scary <laughs> part. Mm. Yeah, that's the goal. You want yeah. to find out who, but if you don't really know who and you don't mm-hmm. know if they could have been in your face or been to your business buying something, watching you the whole time. It's, that's that's I think that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. Now, being that you don't really talk to your family about everything that's going on, and mm-hmm. I know you, they say you mentioned that you didn't really like the therapist mm-hmm. um, to cope with things or a way to talk about what happened. Um, do you like to talk to youth about what happened to you or like other girls that's probably going through the same thing as you? So for some reason, I do find comfort and peace and sharing my story with other people. And um, I'm scheduled to go back into the jail system. I spoke at the group home that I was in as a child um, two Sundays ago. I spoke in the group home, and that was my um, first breakthrough of actually going back to the past things that I used to be in. Mm Because in that group home, which was the main services for all people, um, and it's ran by Gail Gay, um, she had me speak to the girls who was right. there, and it was mm-hmm. like meeting myself again, you know, as right. a kid again, oh, because yeah, there's good. young ladies there who got, you know, moms that are dead, and, mm-hmm. you know, they get triggered when people say, you know, that's why your mom dead, and they fight. That's right. right. So it's right. like being able to share that story and being able to tell them 
um, things that eventually did work or things that eventually did help me. You know, even though it was 29 years later, I'm 29 and I just mm-hmm. found some type of peace mm-hmm. to be able to deal with the murder, to be able to deal with um, the molestation, to be able to deal with it. things that happened in the psych ward and them restraints and them shots mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to actually deal with this finally at one time and then starting a the business at the same time is like, it's it's overwhelming, but it's joy and that mm-hmm. pain, mm-hmm. you know, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, you mind sharing yeah. some things that went on when you was in the group home? So the main service for all people, and that group home was actually a really group, a good group home that wanted to help. Okay. Um, but I just wasn't ready for the help, so I used to just run away um, from that group home. Mm-hmm. I would run away to boys' houses and um. Had just out. hide out and things like that. I never did drugs or anything like that, I guess because of the fear of knowing that my mom was an addict. That was just one area that I didn't want to really touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just scared, you know, right. of being right. weak right. or being out of mind, you know, out of body and not being able to know what's going on around you. Right. I think that's what happened with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the paranoia with that just, you know, I never did. I just started drinking and everything, but then I wouldn't do it. Um, because I wanted to be aware, and I, I suffered very seriously from paranoia, so I just was always aware. Uh, but them group homes, that was a good group home. But them okay. psych wards, what is that's, that's how do you end up story. there? How you end up at the psych ward? Because once you're in a group home, house. they gotta evaluate her. Once you're in a group home and you're not being successful in the group home, they're just trying to find how to be successful. I think they was trying. Um, but eventually they give up and they just be like, you know what? She, you're just too much. Mm-hmm. She just got to go from here. I don't know where she's going next, but she's got to go from here. And I mean, that was just a sentence that I always heard. You're just too much. You got to go. You can't get right. And I think that oh, the psych wow. wards, you know, when you go off, they put the shot in you. They use the four point restraints where they tie you to the bed mm. and things oh, so like that. So you was actually getting shots. Like, yeah, you get shots. So your grandma, yeah. How you go from your grandma house to yeah? So my grandma passed away in two thousand and three to cancer. Oh, and then now you got five kids with a young adult, which was my aunt, who don't have kids of her own. And now you got all five of us with her, and she's just desperately trying to figure out. And she's dealing. Understand? She just buried her sister and her mom. So she got to grieve too, you know. She's only human as well, so she's trying to figure out. There's only one kid that's going off right now. There's only one child that's just out of control that I can't seem to get in control. So she thought the best thing to do was try to seek help outside of the home. Oh, okay. And Mm -hmm. I know that she thought that I used to, I was very mean to her because I used to actually resent her for pushing me out the home. But the rest of them got to stay Uh and I'm going to foster home and now I'm going to um, a foster home and now I'm being molested by other people in the foster homes and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I didn't think she cared about me. I think that I was considered to be the black sheep. So I looked at her as I actually had a very murderous spirit towards her. Mm. So I really was trying to actually, and I never said this before either, but I I really was trying to find ways to, for real, X her out. Because I felt like, for one, y'all X my mom out. Now you're trying to X me out. So for real, I kind of made them oh no. i kind of felt like it was their fault why she got killed it was y'all fault why y'all talking about okay, that's not answer the door and stuff like that like what if 
y'all did answer the door or right. you know what if y'all did take the time to try to some figure something out or put her in rehab yeah. you know mm-hmm. things that y'all didn't do so i was really angry towards my aunt it didn't it, i didn't understand true. until i got to an adult right on, on what it you know what she i guess was trying to do so you was angry towards your aunt and your grandmother because pretty much it was their fault everybody, everybody. 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 Mm-hmm. Now speaking of grandma, did she get to know of the molestation before she passed away? She did not. Okay. And then um with your aunt, how did you change your attitude? Did y'all have a sit down? How did you change your attitude towards her? I think it came with age. As you grow right. up and you actually let the anger start, you know, the anger starts to subside, so you start to feel like, okay, mm-hmm. you start to be able to look with a clear mind at the entire situation as a whole. Um, and now, I do still get angry sometimes with my aunt, and I do still have some, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, flashbacks, and then I just separate from her. But I do, I just had to look at the situation where, you know, at one point, she did try to put me with my dad. Um, whom I didn't have a relationship or didn't know at the time. She did try to reach out to him and, you know, ask him, did you want to try to raise her? You know, you're her only living parent. Um, but he also was battling addiction, um, which he's actually the one who introduced my mom to addiction. Oh, so wow. he didn't, I think he kind of looked at me like, because every time he talks to me, it's more like a, you know, you look just like your mom. It's always mom. So I know that he has that guilt. So right. he did try to take me. I did end up going with my dad. But it was funny is I actually set that kitchen on fire. Oh, because you gasoline. You use gasoline too? I didn't use gasoline for that one. Girl. It wasn't a successful fire. It probably was because I didn't use the gasoline. But I didn't know then. <laughs> Stephanie, yeah. wait a minute. Girl, you so calm. Y'all been in this place. So... <laughs> He had a girlfriend in the house, and she was just disrespectful to me. She used to be like, well, you wouldn't have even been a part, you know. You wouldn't have been thought of if he didn't go out here cheating and things oh, no. like this. She used to just be mean to me. and So she was know, the girlfriend. She was the girlfriend. So she was the girlfriend before your mother. She been the girlfriend for years. She's still the girlfriend. So look, is she still the girlfriend? She's still slow. Oh, yes. Was <laughs> you mean to that lady though? No, I was a kid. So I wasn't mean. Mean? No, actually, I was happy to be there with my dad. I thought that we could be a family. Yeah, right. I wasn't trying to be no family with her because at the end of the day, you're you're not my mom. So all that direction and telling me what to do that that wasn't about to happen. Right. But I was trying, you know. But then you were just being nasty by telling me. All about grown folks' business that I really yeah. wasn't trying to hear. But since she was trying to let me in and and you was being nasty, so now you said the kitchen. Well, at first I tried to fire her, but she popped me with grease. She was cooking, uh-huh. and she hit me with that hot spatula. Uh-huh. And then yeah, she did. And I guess she thought I was about to sit there and take that, but no, nah, I you know so flipped you the whole pan. So you were gone after you set the kitchen on fire. Yeah, my dad was just like, okay, yeah, I flipped the pan of grease on her, but my dad was just like, this is too, yeah, I ain't gonna be able to do nothing with her. So that, you know, I went into foster care um, to my first foster home, which was a female. Man, I don't remember. Um, I'm gonna say we probably around 14 now, maybe, Mm -hmm. and um, because I kind of jumped around because I was on group homes at 16 and stuff, but even at Miss, um, I was about to say her name, I don't put her on blast right, because right, right. Right. her name. daughter, um, and with that particular foster home, I was being molested by her daughter. And what? she knew that. 
She knew that. She did know that her daughter was. She knew that because she used to walk past the door and say stuff like, "You better not be in there touching that little girl." So she did. She had knowledge. How old was the daughter? Her daughter was 18. Oh, wow. You about 14. Her daughter is very popular, too. She's a very popular stud now. And, and I, you know, I ran into her not too long ago um, before the last bid, you know. Were you set on fire, though? No, because actually, I never fought. I never looked at that situation as molesting. I never looked at oh, that situation okay. as it was wrong. Oh, because wow. I, at that time, it felt good. So I thought it was okay. And then it was another female, so I thought it was I thought it was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I never looked, never okay. never identified it as being. So molested. let me ask you this, Stephanie. So with you being twenty nine mm-hmm. now and your mom passing at twenty nine, did that kind of like give you an eerie feeling, or was that did that? Because I know some people say like if their parent, if they had a parent that died at a certain mm-hmm. age, they're afraid to get that age because yeah. they thinking that it might happen to them too. That's crazy crazy that you mentioned that that is very factual um i always had a fear of being 29 i thought that i would the goal was um to commit suicide um before 29 oh, no. the, that was the um the goal i ain't really want to see 29 you know what i'm saying with her um dying at 29 i didn't didn't feel okay or i guess comfortable with with making it um to 29 being as though she ain't make it so the goal was to not i wasn't you know planning on seeing 29 but i did you know well we glad that you didn't you didn't do that okay lord knows we're gonna shift it a little bit um What are some things you've committed? (laughs) (laughs) What are some things you committed yourself to in order to keep your mother's legacy alive? Um, Like foundations, nonprofit organizations. Um, We see that someone said you're a realtor, life coach, business Mm. mentor, and motivational speakers. Is this thing? Are these things that? um, (laughs) I guess you know you, Myla Green. Oh yeah. She says, I mean, is these some things that you um, did to keep your mother's legacy going? So these are things that I did just in honor um the I which is not officially launched now but it's legally already stamped and it's the brand I am Stephanie and basically I am a life coach. I am a motivational speaker. I do business mentorship classes and mm-hmm. I do a lot, you know, for small businesses and people that are coming up because I never thought that this would be a thing of success for me. So the I Am Stephanie brand, which is I go out to the community, I do motivational speaking, and, you know, I talk about my struggle, I talk about my past, and I go into the community. As far as the last time when I was in Richmond City Jail, I was the community leader to the drug program, and that was just me putting myself in an unfamiliar situation to be familiar with how addicts um, go about their everyday life, and then that's when I began to write the book, um, a child of an addict, which is not yet um, released um, unofficially, but it's not officially released, and it's called a child of an addict. And basically, speaking from the you know perspective of a child who is in a home where they have parents who are in addiction, or they have because I have uncles who were addicts as well, and going back into the roots of finding what you know back to my grandfather who was an addict and who was considered to be, you know, mental health and violent. And everybody looked at, you know, them in New Jersey as the family, not to mess with that anger that they was known for. 
going back to the roots and finally realizing that that was, you know, embedded in me and, you know, growing up and that's the mentality I had and I never met that man, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like breaking that generational curse um, and bring it to, you know, my nephews um, because all my sister brothers have kids except for me and of Mm -hmm. course my older brother who's doing a 22 year bid. We don't have kids, of course, Mm -hmm. but my other nephews and stuff, I just, like, try to make sure that, you know, they grow up. I make sure my brothers and sisters have everything that they need and want, and I just, you know, basically take on that mother life. You know, my aunt is getting old. Uh, She's still, you know, here with us, and, you know, she, I just try to, you know, live by my mom. Mm -hmm. I think my mom would have been like if she had the opportunity you know, to to become clean right. from her addiction, if she had the opportunity to be a mom, you know, because mm-hmm. don't a mom birth kids and not want to be a mom. It's right. just things in life, you know, trials and tribulations that may cause them, you know, to be, you know, not be a mom. I got brothers, you know, that look at it like, you know, that ain't my mom, so I don't get mad when people say, you know, your mama dead and that, mm-hmm. you know. I got, you know, family that look at it like that. But me personally, I look at my mom like, you know, she was human. That's she right. made mistakes. She and that's you right. Know, that's I right. don't put nobody else in that position. You know, that's that's my mom. Right. You know, and I think that kind of puts me in the, you know, position of where I don't want to have kids. Or, you know, I don't want to really deal with the pain of not being good, being a good enough mom mm-hmm. and being, because moms, they, they got it hard, you know? Mm-hmm. They always looked at, like, you're supposed to do it. Don't I never really look at the dad. I've never mm-hmm. been told, you know, your dad this or your dad that is always, well, your mom, your mom, your mom, your mom mm-hmm. you know? So Do you regret anything that went on, like, the way you was actually brought up? The things you went through? Um, regrets? You know, and it's always, it's very cliche when people say, I don't have no regrets. Like, everything made me who it is. It made me who I am today. Right. Man, I got a million regrets. Right. I got a million regrets. Yeah. You know, if I just could have had the strength to say then what was wrong or, you know, I need help. You know, I'm hurting out right. here, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm real mad that y'all are not trying to put in the work to find my mom's murder or I'm angry, you know. If I just would have had the opportunity to have some type of coping skills that work. If the people would have stopped giving me away and passing me along, but just took the time, to, you know, just to let me come around, you know, right. get, let you me get chance. comfortable. Right. You know, y'all ain't never get comfortable. Six months, you like, you no, know, she ain't gonna, she ain't gonna learn. Like that's six months. It was you know, so they was only giving you six months. Then they pass you to the next. And pass me to, to the, the next site ward, or pass me to the next group so, home. You know. So for you to be twenty nine, you have actually went through like a lot. Yeah. You know, would you risk everything you have worked hard for to get revenge for your mom? Mm, that's a good question. So that goes back to when I asked you about if you was to see the mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. or if you was to find out who the person was and you actually get to say something to them. Um. Would you want revenge or would you just really want an honest conversation, just a sit down, and then you'd be good with that? I don't want to ask that. Mm. I would, um, that was a good question. Um, I would, I would, um, I don't know if I would risk everything I have now. 
I think I gotta think about my brothers and sisters and my nephews. Mm-hmm. And um, are you the oldest child? I'm the second oldest. Okay. Um, but is I'm the second oldest, so I I feel like I'm responsible for breaking the generational yes. curses right. that we've have. And if I was to act out in revenge, I'm not about to sugarcoat it. I don't I don't know. I I think I probably would. Yeah. Something gotta be done Something gotta be done We're gonna have a conversation The conversation gonna trigger me itself So I wouldn't have a conversation Without the presence of um, my aunt Without the presence of my siblings And for that control control. Now speaking of your siblings Were your siblings affected by the tragic Untimely death of your mother And if so, do you know how they cope? Um, some of them are very silent um, with their coping. Um, I got one brother who is just extremely patient, and he does music um, a lot. Suffer from depression, and sure, we all we we do. We all all my siblings, we all suffer from depression in different ways, um, insecurities, and things like that as well. Um, we don't got neither parent. We none of us have a mom or a father. Um, we, I have my dad. Let me take that back. I'm sorry. I do have my dad, and I do try to, you know, call and check on my dad. But it's mad weird, you know, building that relationship um, at this age. But I do. Um, they cope. We all cope. You know, I go to the gravesite. I'm not sure that they frequently visit. I do know that I'm the one that goes and change the flowers and things like that. And I, you know, I'm not upset with them about that. I don't know how they deal with it. Just like they didn't know a lot of things of what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So they they are good, you know. We got yeah. college graduates. We got good. oh, that's good. You know, they they're good. You know, as a family, we just try to embrace the things that we have and who we have here with us today, and we just try to make sure as our kids grow mm-hmm. up, you know. Okay, so, so oh, okay. okay, so I was going to change it a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your company, Cardico. Cardi Co. Cardi and Co. So again, Cardi Co. is a hair, fashion, and beauty collection, mm-hmm. and um, basically that was something I started um, in the midst of that business. Actually, started because I was dealing with insecurities and low self-esteem, a weight gain, and mm-hmm. um, I wasn't getting dressed or doing my hair or nothing mm-hmm. like that. So basically, the hair part of Cardi Co. is we sell hair, bundles, lace fronts, closures, frontals, okay. and things like that. We have lashes. We have fashion. The fall collection is released. Um, for Black and Pink Friday, though, we're releasing the whole new collection that we have one by one. So every day, there's something new being uploaded to the website. Basically, um, we do for the fashion part, we do have women, men, and children. But basically, it's just a way of letting other people know, like, no matter what you're going through, your insecurities and in life, we just try to give you that, you know, that natural, whether you're natural, we have natural hair products, whether you like to wear your weave or your extensions, we have that. Um, we did sign, recently sign a contract with the Cancer Association as far as the wigs, goals to make wigs for the people who have cancer and oh, who have lost good. their hair okay. and things like that. We that's are in, in an active contract with them. And um, to me, I think that's that that contract has been it's been about a little bit of a month now that we've been in contract with them and working things out with them. But I think that getting that deal um, was the big 
awakening moment for me. I started this yeah. business in May of this year. Of this year, yeah, that's good. and it's since been it's become very successful. And that's I good. and I think I didn't start it thinking that that would happen. Mm-hmm. I think I started it just saying that this was going to be something peaceful for me to do, mm-hmm. or it was going to help me to you know bring out the insecurities in myself and other women and men as well. Gotcha. But, okay. So I like the um. We're going to wrap it up. Um, Miss Stephanie, I'd like to commend you for actually coming. Um, but before we actually end, I'd like to ask, what could you, what advice could you give a youth that's going through some of the same things that you went through? Right. It's okay. You know, and it takes time. And can't nobody tell you when you're ready to talk about it. Can't nobody tell you you know, how to deal with it. Can't nobody tell you that you're crazy um, for the way that you decide to deal with it, you know. But I will say this. It's a simple fact of the matter of dealing with self because the anger don't come from the world. Everybody is not out to get you. Everybody is not against you. Everybody don't hate you. And I know I looked at the world as I could possibly be looking at my mom's killer you know, so I just dealt with everybody accordingly. I never allowed people to get close to me or nothing like that. But the moment that I did decide to let some people in and allow to let people get close to me, it was, you know, the universe telling me that, you know, you can relax, that it's okay, wow. you know. And that's the same thing that I would tell you, my, the youth. And the same thing I tell people that is watching today is not even just about the youth, you know, because I've dealt with it as an adult as well. You know, I tell anybody that's watching today that if you're dealing with, whether it's insecurities or you're dealing with addiction, people in your family with addiction or you're dealing with people that's, you know, letting you down or you feel, you know, like the world is against you. You just got to take that time. You got to sit with your own your own storm. You got to sit with right. your own demons because right. it's really not about the world. It's kind of really about what's inside of you and what you're dealing with. And you can't take that out, you know, in everyday life. You got to, you know deal with that yourself so how you feel about yourself i'm sure are you part of yourself yeah yeah you should yeah you i'm should. Should. really as you should be especially when i get customers that as you should are, you know they heavy on the um it, like it's their business um they heavy on the you know I, I need you to move fast and on my time if i say i'm having a mental breakdown today i'm not we cardio and clothes closed. And they like, what? Cardio and clothes closed? Yeah. As a business owner, you have to be able to set that self-time aside. And you got to be unapologetic about that. Yeah. Right. You got to be unapologetic about that. You got to do it with self. Right. And it's, you know, you just got to keep going. Well, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm proud. proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud you, of you. I know too. you have Thank to be you. proud of you. I'm proud of you. You did all of this in less than a year. Oh, that's good. But we have to wrap it on up. So here we like to ask all of our guests that come on with us, what advice, if any, would you give us here at the podcast? It don't matter if you get one like, two likes, one interview a week, and then next month, that's the next time you get an interview. It don't matter. You got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. Your brand is only as strong as the person that's promoting you're only as strong as how hard you out here getting your brand recognition. Yeah. You know? Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Oh, yeah, give us the website. 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 Oh,
follow, share, like, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Bye.